So Christmas is so close. It's only a couple of days away. Who's, who's ready? Two people. Good. All right. Who's, uh, who's still got to get some Christmas gifts? Husbands, you can, don't have to put up your hands. You can keep it down. Um, it's very, very close. Does anyone feel like it came up faster this year than ever before? Is that? Yeah. I was like, I don't always feel like that. But this year was like, man, jeez. But it's here. So uh, very, very exciting. Um, I'm just going to pray and then we'll kick off. And today's message is like half the time of an old message. So, um, so yeah, just be ready just to, duck, just to give me a full attention. It's going to be great. Lord, I just thank you so much for this morning. We thank you so much for your life. We thank you that you came to earth, that you, you sent your son, Lord God, to earth to, to be a man, to show us how to live, to, to die for our sins, to take the punishment that we deserve, God, and to... And to raised from the dead, Lord God. We thank you so much for Jesus. We just thank you that we can celebrate his life this season. We thank you, Jesus, for being here with us. We thank you that you love us. We thank you for what you want to share this morning. Amen. 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 So uh, today's message is called Vacancy. I know it says no vacancy, but the no is not lit up. So it's just vacancy. Um, and uh, we're, I'm, I'm specifically talking about the vacancy of the heart. In Luke 2, verse 1 to 7, and, and Kathy mentioned it this morning, you know, we know the story of Christmas, Mary and Joseph go back to, to Bethlehem uh, for the census. And when they get there, there's no room for them. And it says in, in verse 7, it says, She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in, snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Turn to the person next to you and say, There was no vacancy. There was no vacancy. Jesus had to be born in a stable because there was no room in, in town. And, and I think we, we understand this pretty well nowadays. We know that the stable wasn't really a nice, uh, clean uh, petting zoo. It was a dirty place to be. And, and I think we kind of understand that now. I think for a while we kind of made it this beautiful, pristine kind of place. But with the, with the beam, spot beam shining on the bed, you know how they do that. And but it's not like that. It was, it was the outskirts of town. It was, it was the leftovers. It was just this little shelter where they could just birth this, this kid because he was on his way. They had to birth Jesus. And so they just found the last place they, they could have. And that's where he was born. And, and as I was reading through the Christmas story, preparing for this message, I, I, this verse stood out to me in a different way than it has before. Uh, you see, the people in that town, they didn't realize that Jesus was the most influential person to ever land on the planet, that he was going to be the most famous person that's ever existed, that he was going to be the most important person on earth. He still is. And they didn't realize that that's who was coming to town and that he was going to be born there. And, and so they didn't have any room for this guy. And so he was born on the outskirts. And I understand that they didn't realize that's who he was. And, but, but what's funny is that I can actually do the very same thing with my friend Jesus, is Jesus wants to come into my heart. He wants to come into my life. And sometimes... I'm so full of other things that there's actually no room for him left. That sometimes I can push him to the outskirts of my heart, outskirts of my life, because my life is just so busy or full of other stuff. My heart desires other things more than him. And so Jesus ends up with the leftovers of my life. Does anyone relate to that? And so I realized that I'm judging this town for kicking Jesus out, even though they don't know who he is. And yet I know who Jesus is, and I still push him out of my life. So this morning, I want to do something a little bit fun. I, uh, I want us to do a little illustration. So I brought uh, this tent that we use at, at search camp. This is the extra tent that I have where all the kids that forget to bring their tent get to use this one. So it probably doesn't smell great, you know. Um, magic. So 
That's why I also have this tent because I don't have to worry about setting it up. It's already done. Um, so I need, oh, this is still a bit stuck there. There we go. Coleman's not a sponsor. But if you want to sponsor Coleman, you may. Um, so I need a volunteer. Nathan, thanks for putting up your hand so fast. Come on up here, buddy. So, uh, no, you stay out of the tent, mate, because that tent represents Nathan's heart. Okay, so this is Nathan's space. It's got the spot beam on it. Thanks, Dylan. Spotlight for Nathan's heart. It's, right now, it's currently empty. But, uh, but we all love different things, and we always fill our heart with different things, right? And so one of the biggest things I think that we straight away fill our hearts with, because it's an important thing, is family. I give a lot of my heart to family because we want to we do that. So I need someone who's reasonably sized because it's a big one. Uh, let's get, where's Nassi? Is he here? Nassi, big fella. Come on up, mate. You're going to hop in the tent. Come on in, Nassi. Shouldn't have been so big, mate. Um, so Nassi represents family. You can hop in there, mate. Just get in. Make yourself comfortable. Yeah. Hop in Nathan's heart. There we go. All right. Um, another thing that I know I fill up my heart with, anyone else? I like movies. Anyone else like watching movies? Okay, so that's not as big of one. So let's get, uh, let's get, yeah. Do you want to come up? You can come up. You can hop in there. We got Jade representing movies. Tessa, sorry. Um, and what about another thing I can give my heart to is friends. Anyone give their heart to friends? Yeah, we can do that. Uh, Daniel, do you want to come up here, buddy? Because you just look like you're everyone's friend. Daniel, come on in the tent. Daniel representing friends. Awesome. Um, some people love their career. Some people love jobs. Some people love doing that. Not everyone loves their job, but a lot of people love their job. Um, and so I'm going to get Adrian Anderson, the man, the accountant. You can jump on in the tent, mate. A man who loves his career. Come on in the tent. Hop on in there. This is going to be fun. Does anyone else uh, love food? I can give my heart to food sometimes. Tom, Tom, you were quick. Come on up in the tent, my friend. Tom, Tom loves food. Get in the tent there, Tom, Tom. There we go. How you feeling, Nate? How's your heart? It's, uh, it's getting heavy. It's getting heavy, yeah. One of the things that I think I realize is that often it's not a bunch of stuff that I, that I put in my heart that often I actually love myself. So Nathan, why don't you hop in the tent? Since uh, lovers of self, how's it going in there, guys? It's squash. Very squishy. Very squishy. Okay. Um, what other things do we love? Anyone shout out something else that you love? Give your heart to? Money. Who said money? No one wants to say who they said. It. Boyd, you said money. Hop in the tent, mate. No one else wants to volunteer or anything else. What about, uh, does anyone love their pets? Does anyone love pets? A few people? Yeah. Would you like to jump in the tent? You love your pet? Come on in. Pets can take up a bunch of space. Get on in there, guys. Awesome. Come on in. Yep, there we go. Very squishy. What about social media? Does anyone love social media? Social media, yeah. Joel, how about you coming up here, mate, and hop in the tent? This is supposed to be just a two-man tent, but it, uh, they lied. It's definitely not a two-man tent. All right. Uh, 
Does anyone, does anyone love sports? Sports, yeah, sports is fun. Let's get some sports. Um, I see people pointing at people. How about you love your pastor? Who else loves Adrian? Come on in the tent, Adrian. Nathan's got a lot of space for Adrian in there. Make way. All right. Now, I don't know if that's going to zip up, but uh, I'm going to take a photo of this because this is great. Hey, guys, say cheese. So uh, Nathan's heart's pretty full now, as you can see. And uh, obviously, I couldn't think of anyone better, but I represent Jesus. So uh, now, Nathan, I would love to come in your heart, buddy. Is it... Can I come in? I've been, I've been waiting for you, Jacob. So even though Jesus, me, wants to get in the, in the heart, there's no space left for me, right? It's pretty full of stuff already. Nathan can say, I want you in my life, but there's literally no room. Adrian's like bulging out the, the front there. And uh, so I'm just going to preach the rest of the message. You've got 20 minutes. You guys all right? No, you guys, give these guys a round of applause. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten people in a two-man tent. Very good. We should have gone more. We could have got a world record, I reckon. They just keep coming out. It's like a circus act. How's the hat, Daniel? Yeah, good job, mate. Awesome. So, simple illustration, but I'm just hoping that sticks in your memory, okay? You see, Jesus wants to be the most important person in your life. He wants to be at the center of your heart. And the, and the way that God's actually created it is God's actually created your heart to have Jesus at the center. That's the way it's supposed to work. And, and the funny thing is, is that when we actually give Jesus prime position in our hearts, when He's not cast to the outskirts, when He's actually given the whole heart, when it's, when it's His, when it's His space, we're actually able to love better. When I actually love Jesus first, when I love Jesus most, I'm actually able to love my wife better. I'm actually able to love my kids better. Or well, Lydia, currently, there's another one on the way. I'm able to love my friends better. I'm actually able to love my job better. Jesus was actually designed to be at the center of your heart. And, and so much of the time, I can kind of just let other things slip in to my life. I can let other things kind of slip in front. And before long, Jesus is kind of getting pushed out of the tent again. And it's just full of all this stuff, full of Nassi and Adrian and all this stuff in my heart. And Jesus is saying, I want to come in, but there's no room left for me. In Luke 10 verse 27, it says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. God wants to have every part of you. God wants to have all of you, access to every corner of your heart, every corner of your life. That's the way it was supposed to be, that your heart would be vacant for Him. I think a lot of us have this no vacancy sign flashing on the front of our hearts. And, and, and God, Jesus is saying, I want to come in, but you've got no room. Jesus wants to have some space. And I encourage you this season to make some room for Jesus. Make room for Him to come into your heart. Make room for Him to have some space, to say what He needs to say, to do what He needs to do, to, to work in your life. Maybe for you, this is... 
the first time that you've ever done that. Maybe you've never given Jesus access to your heart. Maybe that seems like a crazy idea. God wants to come in your heart and He wants to change your life. It's the, your, your heart was designed to have Him at the center, that He is the only one that will actually ever satisfy your heart. That we can go around and we can find all these other things that we want to fill our hearts with and somehow they just never satisfy. Somehow we, we put all this stuff in, cars, money, jobs, friends, family, food, whatever it is, and, and it just doesn't satisfy. It leaves us still longing. And Jesus says that he, He's supposed to be the one that fills that space. God wants to be the one that fills your heart. And so maybe for you this season is a reminder where Jesus wants you to make room for Him. Maybe for the first time that you would invite Him into your life, that you would say, Jesus, I'm tired of doing life on my own. I'm tired of living unsatisfied. I, I want freedom. I want peace. I want joy. I want you to come in to my heart. I invite you into my life. Maybe you're like me and, and you just let other stuff creep in. You've given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've been a Christian a long time, but still somehow we just allow other things to kind of sneak into our lives. And Jesus keeps getting pushed out. Maybe this is a time for you just to remember about who's most important and just to make some room for Him again to do what He needs to do. God does this. God wants us to surrender our hearts, not because He's a, he's a dictator, not because he's, a, he's an angry God who just wants to rule your life. And He's actually, he's actually wants this for your benefit. God wants you to surrender your heart so that you'll be blessed, so that you will have freedom, so that you will have joy, that you will experience true life. God wants us to trust Him with our lives, to trust Him with our heart. He cares for us. He loves us. Turn off that no vacancy sign in your heart and let Him in. I'll be pretty honest. This week for me was, I needed to do exactly that. I was preparing this message and I knew that my heart wasn't in a good place. And I and I uh, yesterday was it was a pretty tough day. Friday night, Lydia uh, Hannah's been on night shifts, so she's been we've kind of been opposite schedules. So right now she's sleeping at home, and then I come home, and then she goes to work, and so it's kind of just opposite. Anyone that does night shift understands. And so I've been having Lydia, um, but then Friday night, Lydia just had a bad night, and she was up a lot. So I felt like I had no sleep. So you know you do that thing where any of you have had kids, you go put them down, they finally settle again. You go back to your bed, you're like almost asleep, Dad, and you're like, oh. And it just, she did that like five times and it's like kills you. It's like psychological torture. And so, uh, so I had one of those nights and I woke up, I was just so exhausted the next day. And, uh, and I was grumpy. I noticed that yesterday I was just so on edge that everything was ticking me off. Little tiny things were just making me mad. And even just driving in the car, I was getting so mad at people and I was just frustrated and just like you're in the kitchen, you're just doing something, you drop the spoon and it's like the worst thing that could have ever happened. And you're just like so mad, you just want to kick something and you kick a door and then the door breaks and then you're mad the door's broken and then just like all this stuff. And so I was just, that was my day a bit yesterday. I just felt like that. I was just like, oh, anyone else feel like that ever? And so I was in this place yesterday and I'm like thinking about my message today, making room for Jesus in my heart. And I'm like, oh. And I kind of felt God whispering, make some time for me. He's kind of saying, I just want to spend a little bit of time with you. And I knew that's what I needed to do. But there's this part of me just like, I just don't want to. Like, I just don't feel like it. I just don't feel like I'm in a good space. And so I didn't really want to spend time with Jesus. Anyway, uh, Han's parents kind of had Liddy for a little bit of time. And to be honest, I kind of just wanted to have a nap or just veg out or just watch YouTube or something dumb. And... Uh, and I felt like God was just whispering, just spend a bit of time with me. So I went for a walk and I just went for a little bushwalk. It was probably only half an hour in total, the time that I was gone. But I just went out and I just got alone and I just prayed and I just spent some time with God. 
And I, so I just went for a walk and I sat down on a rock and I probably only spent 10 minutes sitting down on that rock and just being with him. And he refreshed me. And I came back, I was walking back home after just spending a bit of time with him, after just surrendering my heart to him again. And, and I was still quite tired. Like I was still pretty tired, but that, that edge was gone. I wasn't grumpy anymore. I wasn't kind of on edge. I was actually still pretty happy. I was still tired and exhausted. I want to go to sleep, but I wasn't in this place where I was just upset at the world. And God, God brought me freedom even in the midst of that moment. And I, and I realized this was just yesterday as I'm preparing this message that we so often just need to do that again and again and again and again just to make room for Him in our lives. He's exactly what we need. So how do we do that practically? These are just some of the things I did yesterday. If you want to write them down, I find that these are just super simple things that really help me. The first one is just be still. I just got alone. I just sat down on the rock and I just didn't say anything. I just sat there. And just like, God, I'm here. And it was just quiet. And sometimes God can speak to us just in that stillness. Sometimes it's just enough just to quiet our hearts, just to get us to that place. And then after that, the next thing I did is I just said sorry. I just start saying sorry for, for stuff. I know that I've been having a hard day. God, I'm sorry for being angry. I'm sorry for giving into this. You know, I'm sorry for being selfish. I'm sorry for, for lying. I'm sorry for saying hurtful things. And I just start saying sorry and just kind of, confessing to him and just giving him my heart and just telling him how I'm feeling and just apologizing for stuff. And then I just, I would just invite him. I just sit there and I just invite him in. God, I just invite you into my heart again. I want to get rid of all this stuff and I just want to invite you in to take residence in my heart. Well, you'd be the only one in there where you have access to every part of me. I just give you my body, my mind, my soul. I just give you all of me. The next thing I do is thank him. I don't know if this isn't in specific order, really. I just wrote these down. I just thank Him. Just spend time thanking Him for everything that I can think of. God, thank You so much for this season. Thank You that Hannah can do night duty. Thank You for a healthy girl. Thank You for, for this opportunity to preach today. Thank You so much for how You love me and You're faithful and You're patient with me even when I'm struggling. Just thank Him for everything You could think of. And then I ask Him. I just ask Him for what I need. Just, God, I could really use some help with this. You know, I'm having, uh, we have this coming up. I just really use some wisdom in this area. Or, I don't know, I kind of need a miracle here or different things. And I just ask him. I just did a few of those things. Those are just some of the things I did yesterday. It's not an exhaustive list. But I just found that probably took me 10 minutes. And it, my whole day shifted at that point. And I found that as I made room for him, that everything else just flowed a lot better. And last night, Lydia slept through, which was a miracle. And I was, woke up, I was stoked. 6.30, it was great. But placing Jesus first in your life means that we, we make room for Him. We actually have to make some time for Him. We actually have to physically make some time for Him in our busy lives. Because life's busy and that's, that's normal. That's, that's just something we have to embrace. It's not really an excuse for not spending time with Him, I found. It's something that I just need to work out a way to make time for Him even though I'm busy. Because I can't just wait till I'm not busy to spend time with Him because that just never happens. And so we need to make time for Him. So I challenge you, how can you do that this week? How can you make room in your heart for Jesus this week? This is the silly season, right? It's the crazy season. But I think if you can do it in this season, you can do it in any season. Make some time for Him. Maybe you need to just go for a walk like I did and just pray and just chat and just talk with God. Maybe you need to watch one less Netflix episode and spend some time reading the Bible. Maybe you need to, on Christmas Day, just stop for a second and just start thanking Him for everything that's around you. Thank Him for, for the day. Thank you for the blessings in your life. Whatever it is, I challenge you this week to make some time for Him, to make some room in your heart 
for what he wants to do. Is that cool? So that's it for me. So what we're going to do now is we're going to have some communion. We're going to share communion. And this is just a time where we literally make space for Jesus. And we do it every week. We just make some room for him. We just spend some time. God, I thank you for for your sacrifice. I thank you that you died on the cross for my sin. I just want to remember you right now. I just want to be still. I want to remember you. Maybe you want to do some of those things that I mentioned, whatever it is. But we're just going to take communion in this space and you can take it in your own time. And then I think we're going to sing some more songs together. So bless you, church. And uh, communion is at the side and, and the back. Take it in your own time.